We're here on the beautiful UC Santa Cruz campus on a gorgeous July afternoon. Guys, isn't this fabulous? Gentle breeze swaying the trees. It's kind of an eccentric setting to talk about Charles Dickens, who I associate with (laughs) urban London grime and workhouses and debtors' prisons and orphans living in squalor and pickpockets. Not a surf town on a sunny day. Yeah, Yeah, that is quite a contrast. And we are here to talk about Dickens. I'm Gwen Jordanay, and I'm an editor in the Communications and Marketing Office at UC Santa Cruz. And I'm here with my colleagues. I'm Dan White. I'm a writer for UC Santa Cruz. J.D. Hillard, also a writer. And the sun is shining, deer are grazing, fat little ground squirrels are running around the meadows, and students are off for the summer, so it's mostly quiet, except for this week when hundreds of literature lovers descend upon the campus for the annual Dickens Universe, a unique week-long event held each summer among the redwood trees at UC Santa Cruz. That's right, Dickens Universe, as in Charles Dickens, the famous British author who penned such classics as A Tale of Two Cities, Oliver Twist, A Christmas Carol, David Copperfield, and this year's focus, Little Dorrit. The Dickens Universe combines elements of a research symposium, arts festival, book club, and summer camp, all rolled into one big, unforgettable week of intellectual celebration. Here we are at the Victorian Tea at the Dickens Universe 2018, and it's delightful. There's tea being served. There are beautiful strawberries, and there are people wandering around, getting and taking a little break. My name is Mark Gordon. And where are you from? I'm from Santa Cruz. Great. And what are you doing here at the Dickens Universe? I'm loving the conversations about this book, Little Dorrit, which is our book this year. We have a number seven, eight uh, presentations uh, that on on the book, taking different ideas, exploring it, and what it does for me is it it illuminates things about the time, the the nature of the writing, the the things that were going on uh, in Dickens' mind, all kinds of stuff that just makes the book so much richer. My name is Mira Rao. And your name is? Jonna Rao. Oh, your sisters. Okay, well, welcome. And where are you from? Um, I live in San Francisco. And I live in Sacramento. Where lies the fascination for you about Charles Dickens, this, a Victorian author who died about a century and a half ago? I think the fact that you can read the same book so many times and read the same passage so many times and come at it with a new lens and a new perspective is something that's unique to Dickens. Not that it not that it doesn't happen with other authors, but it's so rich and really lovely. So I, I think that you always get something new in hearing other people's perspectives and that you can you can have a feminist reading of the text, you can have a queer reading of the text, you can have like a you know, a plot based reading of the text and it's always really interesting. So that's like why Dickens. Um, but we so this is my sister. My our mom is also here and the Dickens universe is also really special, um, as a space that like beyond what we actually talk about during during the week is just a really special space to be here. Also our godmother comes, so it's like this this time for us to be together. We ha- see the same this is our um, seventh year here. Um, and so it's just something like a nice community that we get to come to every year. Both of us were students at UCSC. I graduated in 2007. Cowell and community studies major. 
Uh, I graduated in 2011. I was a classics major and I also was here at Cowell. So it's been fun to be back here at Cowell uh, and have the universe here. And it's like, oh, that was my freshman dorm room. <laughs> it's just an incredibly special uh, space where you get so many different people from so many different walks of life. You get professors, you get grad students, undergrad, high school students, teachers of English, and also people like us who just really are here for the love of Dickens. And we're all here to talk about the same like we're just along for the ride and he's just telling this great story and we just get to sit back and enjoy it which is what we do at the at the Dickens universe too we just sit back and, and thoroughly enjoy ourselves well and I think that there's too it's like you like what I'm not a very intellectual reader right so I I sit back and enjoy the story and then I come here and then you enjoy it on this other depth where you're like oh yeah let's talk about the symbolism and let's talk about the thematic elements and we can talk about the, you know today we talked for an hour plus about punctuation and it's just so amazing so you know I, I get to learn so much coming here and get to enjoy it on this level that I like by myself uh, don't get to do. If, if you think of say the tales of Mallory, uh, stories of chivalry. I'm J.D. Hillard and that's Wayne Batten the retired high school teacher from Nashville leads Dickensian seminars Discussions of the year's novel, Little Dorrit. Well, first of all, of course, there are these wonderful themes of characters who really don't understand themselves and therefore not being able to find happiness or a proper role in life. In the course of the novel, do reach a better understanding of themselves and therefore are able to find a degree of happiness anyway that they otherwise might not have done. Jane Austen is very good at this as well, but in Dickens, of course, we have the additional humor and then the wonderful social commentary that he makes. For example, in Little Dorrit, he takes to task ineffective bureaucracies. And that is, of course, very relevant today. I'm David Brownell. I'm a retired editor with a Ph.D. I started coming to the Dickens Universe in 2007 and have come every year since. And it's a high point of my year to spend a week with a bunch of intelligent people who were talking about the same topic, it always increases my understanding of the book we've read and opens up all sorts of ideas I didn't already have. Who ensured Isabella's safety in the church. When Theodore removed... So I'm here at the seminar on the workshop with undergraduates. Are you a UC Santa Cruz undergraduate? Yes, uh, I'll be uh, going into my senior year as an undergrad here at UC Santa Cruz as a literature major. Great. And what is your name? Lexi Bozinski. And why uh, did you choose Dickens as your topic for a paper? I came across the Dickens universe and saw I could take this for credit, and I was really, really intrigued at being able to... um, be here, but also then um, at the end, be able to write a paper about everything that we've discussed thus far. And uh, sir, like, so what are some of the ideas that were percolating in your head as you read Little Dorrit and you were earmarking certain passages? Some of the themes and some of the ideas that emerged for you that you wanted to focus on in your scholarship? Um, definitely uh, class uh, structure and just how um, social mobility, for sure, is is just something that is so prevalent, I, I feel, in, in um, Victorian literature and, and Dickens specifically. And now we're on our way to talk to John Jordan, director and co-founder of the Dickens Project. What is new in Dickens studies, uh, or what would you say is still the relevance of Dickens today? He died almost 150 years ago, and here we are still studying and celebrating him. Well, if you pick up 
a newspaper, let's say, for example, the Washington Post, you're going to find references to Dickens at, at least twice, sometimes more often uh, during one week. Why is that? It's because Dickens is associated with uh, social reform. He's associated with issues of poverty and exclusion, of inequality, of social justice in every form. Um, he's also terribly funny. Uh, and so uh, the Dickens characters are memorable, you know, some would say stereotypes, but they're complicated stereotypes. And often political figures are uh, compared to figures in, in Dickens. So that's another way in which he continues to, to speak to us. Dickens combines humor, uh, good stories, social relevance, and language. It's really Dickens's language that's, that's at the heart of this. If you, if you read a, a, a paragraph of Dickens, uh, you see a wild imagination at work that transforms itself into language. Nothing is predictable in a Dickens novel. You know, sometimes the plots are traditional, but that's true of Shakespeare as well. But what's never predictable is the, is the language. Why are people so into this gathering? There are people who probably come back year after year. It's because it's, it's an event that is unlike anything else in the academic world. It's, it's a, it, a combination of a book club, because everyone is reading the same book. It has elements of a festival. We have Victorian tea. We have uh, uh, Victorian dancing on Friday night. We, we throw parties. Um, uh, there's a real celebratory dimension, which is really appropriate to Dickens, too, because Dickens is someone who writes about parties and about people having fun and has a, has a sense of humor. It's a legitimate academic conference as well. We, we try to um, speak in, in terms that are accessible to members of the general public, but also to satisfy the graduate students who are here because they're the most demanding. Uh, you know, they want it to be absolutely up-to-date on, on the latest scholarship, and they're destined for publication. Another distinctive feature about the Dickens universe is that it's residential. Everybody's living in the, in the dorms, um, eating in the, in the college cafeteria, drinking tea together, dancing together. So it, it, that's, that's another way. Most academic conferences are more hierarchical, dare I say, than, than, than this. It's rare that uh, you, you dance with, uh, with high school students at a scholarly conference. Not yet. Now. Go. Fall back. It's J.D. Hillard again. You're hearing Annie Lasky guiding about two dozen dancers. They stand opposite each other in rows and take turns swinging their partners from the other row. The week of lessons culminates with a dance. Here's Annie Lasky. Victorian dancing. Dancing is just fun. And in the period from the Regency up through the middle of the Victorian era, really dancing was one of the main social things that people did. What do you think it contributes to an understanding of Dickens? Until you sort of understand what music they listened to, what dancing they did, what food they ate, what kind of cocktails they drank, all of that really helps, to me, bring the, bring the books to life and really helps me get sort of inside the books rather than just the words on the page. My name is Linda Didimore, and I am not an academic. I'm a member of the public. What is exciting about learning Victorian dance? It's so much fun, and it brings you together with the group in a way that we normally don't get to interface with, just playing, just 
enjoying one another. How would you describe Victorian dance to somebody who had never seen it before? Well, ours may not be as gracious as I picture it in my mind, but I see it as just a very beautiful form of social communication where you're moving together, you're moving as a group, um, you have your partner at the beginning of a dance. In some of the dances, you have uh, changed two or three times your partner. So it's just a wonderful way of, of communicating socially.